Okay, uh, so yeah, welcome, Matthew. Matthew Goodman, I'm super happy to have you here. Uh, for me, it's tonight, for you, it's in the morning. You are in Los Angeles and I'm in the mountains of Spain. So um, good to meet you. Um, yeah, Matt, maybe I give a very short introduction and I will go right into the topic. So you are a meditation practitioner for over 15 years and you also lived in a monastery right in in los angeles even you're a licensed clinical psychologist and faculty as you see that's uh, university of south california and you are so many more things i mean you're just amazing you're a podcast host you're a facilitator you're a consultant you're an, an author of a book you're writing another book right now you made a beautiful film about your meditation experience that i can only recommend i'll put everything in the show notes for you and you also have a license in biofeedback. That's so great. Um, and so I'd like to ask you a very straightforward question. What does workplace wellness mean exactly? Thank you, Julia. And thank you for having me here. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Um, so what does workplace wellness mean? Um, I sort of think about it in three different categories or three different levels. One is the personal level, one is the relational level, and then one is wellness kind of at an organizational level. So at the personal level, I think about wellness, you know, am I feeling present at work? Am I feeling grounded at work? Am I excited to be there? How is my overall mental and physical health doing? And then on a relational level, am I connected to my colleagues? Do I feel supported by them? Is there a sense of trust there? And I don't know about you or maybe other people listening, but as I think back to you know previous places that I've worked, really the places where I've had the greatest sense of engagement and joy and satisfaction are the places where I've had the closest relationships with my colleagues there. So I think that piece, at least for me, is so crucial. And then also I think about it organizationally, how well am I feeling connected to the mission of the organization? Am I inspired by that? Do I feel like I'm making a contribution to my organization or my company? And then also, do I feel like I'm making a contribution to the world in some way through the work that we're doing together? So those are kind of the three different pieces, at least how I break it down in my mind. Um, and why do you think uh, workplace wellness is important? And, and actually, how can organizations support workplace wellness in their organization? Yeah. You know, obviously it's important as far as supporting the well-being of, you know, your staff and your employees, but I also think it makes sense kind of from a, a bottom line perspective. I think we tend to underestimate the degree to which taking care of wellness up front will actually save us time and resources in the long run. Um, and as far as sick days or um, people going on disability or taking leave or that sort of thing. So really investing in people's mental health, physical health, overall well-being at work, I think is just going to pay off across the board for people. But do you have the sense that organizations have realized that how harmful it is to not create and look at workplace wellness? Do they still think it's just an individual topic or do they see that there is a responsibility with the leadership as well? Mm -hmm. 
I think we're starting to wake up to that. And, mm. and I think we had kind of a really rude awakening to that um, through COVID, as everyone knows. I mean, it really brought out the importance of workplace wellness as people were feeling so burnt out and exhausted. And we had this mass wave of people, you know, leaving their jobs or wanting to shift into new careers. I mean, COVID really brought that out um, and and highlighted that in in the workplace. Um, so I, I do think that people are starting to to realize it. And I think also, you know, when people making decisions start to experience burnout themselves, and I think that this is happening more and more as well, meaning people, you know, at the top of companies or on the board or whatnot, I think that's also going to help to carry that momentum a little bit. As people experience this firsthand, they realize and recognize how important it is um, to actually spread that throughout the workplace. Maybe that's yeah. a, a strong way of saying it, but they want to feel connected. They want to feel like mm. they're making a difference. Um, and I think companies and organizations are starting to to recognize that and mm. want to be able to provide that for their employees. But also it's just, it's going to be the next generation that creates new organizations and new companies and new social structures that can support a way of people engaging in that type of lifestyle. What I sense is that a lot of organizations they recognize it as a problem and then they try to find one solution or implement one tool or just change one thing or some small offering or even a bigger offering to fix it. Um, when this is actually something that's very, yeah, as you say, um, holistic. It just <laughs> includes everything. Wellness isn't just feeling like this fluffy, feely, touchy thing that people might mock about or make fun of. It, <laughs> it's becoming like the hard thing like organizational culture it's it's not the soft it's it's becoming like the hard factor of everything um yeah yeah i sort of you know it's it's almost like organizations are going through this kind of soul searching process or almost like this dark night of the soul process where they were really having to reorganize ourselves and and in, in a way where there's not a lot of precedent. So it's almost like we're in this unknown space and we have to figure out how to reorganize organizations. Like you said, just offering, you know, a little bit of wellness here and there, bringing someone in. I mean, these are great things, but I think that employees can really sense that and sort of see through that. And what they want to feel is a change in the organization in a way that's supporting their their well-being and their their happiness in really a, a fundamental, deeper way. Um, and I think we're all figuring it out together. We're figuring out how to create structures and create organizations that, that can really, um, support that, that type of uh, way of being. What got you interested in the topic? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that question. It's a great one. Um, really two things. One is just from my own personal experience. Um, I know what it feels like to be burnt out. I've experienced burnout, you know, really to a really high degree in, in my past. And, um, you know, being a graduate student and, and um, seeing patients during graduate school and, and afterwards, um, working in that field can be extremely emotionally exhausting. So I've, I've experienced it firsthand. So I say that's number one. 
And then the second thing is, you know, working as a therapist and, and um, seeing how people change and what motivates them to change and what gets in the way of change. I really started thinking about how these principles can be applied more on a macro level with organizations mm -hmm. and systems mm -hmm. um, and how to take these same principles of behavior change and wellness and apply that on an organizational level. And that really just got me excited about kind of doing this type of work. Yeah, now you you got me and probably the audience very curious about how are you doing this? So what are the key principles that you discovered that make a difference? And how do you apply them on an organizational and on a more collective level in order, of course, to get a bigger effect on also changing the system? Um, yeah, what, what are the key factors there and, and how do you do that? Sure. So, I mean, I, I offer support in a couple of different ways. So one way uh, is, you know, offering workshops for, for organizations and teams around stress reduction, teaching practices like mindfulness and self-compassion and breathing techniques, just offering people skills and tools to help them regulate themselves throughout their everyday life. Um, and then I also work with people, you know, or I work with teams um, on the level of developing communication and trust um, with one another. And one of those offerings is through actually taking applied improv, improv skills um, and doing that with, with teams um, to help them, you know, be more present and listen to one another um, and, you know, tap into their creativity and develop a sense of, of safety because in improv, um, you inevitably are going to mess up or look silly or something like that. Um, yeah. And we can actually have a safe container for people to experience that and have the experience of people around them supporting them and feeling like it's okay to take risks and mess up. And that can really translate um, into kind of what happens, you know, um, in meetings yeah. or in the boardroom or whatnot. I started, I started practicing as a, as a graduate student. Um, and I just realized the benefits in my own life as far as helping me to be more present and communicate better with people. I also teach a class right now using improv for people who experience anxiety, um, teaching those skills of presence and being able to tolerate being in the unknown and tolerate uncertainty. Um, but I also saw you know, how this can really benefit organizations and um, came to find out that there's actually a whole field of what's called applied improv, where people bring these types of techniques and exercises into organizations, whether they're businesses or sports teams, um, to really help cultivate these skills and um, just such a, such a wonderful kind of fun, innovative way um, to help mm. people develop those capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you said you work on an individual level, you work on on the team level and you also work on an organizational level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say on an organizational level, it's really about having everyone aligned on the same page, feeling like everyone has the same goal, the same mission in mind. I think a great analogy is, you know, thinking about like a sports team. Um, everyone knows what the goal is. Everyone's on the same page. And, you know, that might be, you know, we want to, you know, get to the playoffs this year, or it's, we want to win the championship this year, but everyone knows what the goal is. And because of that, you're able to navigate those ups and downs together. You're able to have resilience in the face of stressors and when things change. Um, so it develops that sense of community and coherence with one another. And I think that's so important on an organizational level too, for everyone, not just to be like bought in, but to be excited about it, to feel engaged um, because things 
stressors and change and difficulties inevitably going to arise. And I think that's the thing that really carries people through that is having that sense of cohesion and kind of a shared value or shared goal together. What I really love about your approach is to also include the body via improv workshops, via mindfulness practices that they are very physical oftentimes to really include and integrate the, the body and the wisdom of the body and bring it in the whole thing uh, and integrate with it. That's that's really the the lens through which I see organizations and really everything in the world is actually just through the lens of how the body works. The body, just like every other living system, is a complex system. And as you say, I mean, there there is some sort of hierarchical organization, but it's also not hierarchy in the kind of classical sense that we think about it. All the parts are always interdependent and reacting to one another. They're interrelated. Um, so you can't separate any one part from the other part. It's it's all connected. It's all it's all one thing. But for you personally, I think you are a, a great role model for like taking your own personal experiences, your education, your biography, things that impressed you and helped you and integrate it. I think I've been really fortunate to be in a field where I can integrate my creativity in a way that seems natural. But, you know, I would say that even if you're working somewhere where it feels like it's impossible to bring in these other aspects of yourself, these other creative aspects or other things that feel authentic to you, even just starting by doing those things, being those things in some way in your own life, even outside of work, I think is a great starting point. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about one of the films that I made. And that was something that I did as like a side project during graduate school. And um, increasingly, I've just noticed in my life that I've been able to bring in those other interests and those other parts of my life into my professional work. There was some way to weave those in. And I think that's 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 really kind of a, a kind of a sweet spot of what makes people unique. So mm-hmm. what are you doing in your field? you know, for your profession, but what's something that you can, that you can weave into that work that no one else can offer that can make your offering unique in a way. I think everyone kind of brings something um, very, very special in their own way. Absolutely. And you called your company, the middle way consulting of what's the middle way. Yeah. So, uh, well, the, the term comes from, comes from Buddhism. So the, the middle way was sort of the path that the, the Buddha um, prescribed um, to end suffering. Um, so that's you know one of the basis of it, but um, it also came from the you know have a middle way podcast, and it, it's it's also about bringing people together, um, people of different social political ideologies. Um, so it sort of has a, a double meaning to it, but I think at the heart of it, you know whether looking at it from more spiritual lens or looking at it from more of a kind of social lens it's really about recognizing our interconnectedness with one another. It's seeing that, you know, we're all interrelated, um, seeing human being in the other person, even people that fundamentally disagree with me, um, even people that might be my so-called enemies. Um, that's, that's really at the heart of, of what 
I care about in this world is is seeing that interconnectedness and that common humanity with one another. People might be thinking about making, you know, bigger changes in their life or thinking about that bigger shift and it happens in in baby steps. So we can start right where we are and what can I change personally in my own life right now? What can I change around me in my environment? Um, and I think that's that's a great starting place. And um, it's that is just the, the the first step to creating larger scale change. It starts with the individual. Is, is there one tiny like practice that you could recommend to everyone listening that they can do right now to like increase their personal wellness? Not even doesn't have to be in the workplace, but wherever they are, you want to share with us. Sure. I guess the thing that comes up for me, um, you were talking a little bit earlier about the body and how Im important that is um, and being able to to kind of listen to our body and, and integrate ourselves with our body. And, um, you know, coming back just, just for a moment, um, when I was experiencing burnout, I was having so many physical symptoms and, you know, I really see this as a way that our body communicates with us, mm -hmm. maybe communicating something to us that we're not able to recognize consciously. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good starting place is like, what's going on with me in my mind? It might be, you know, mental health symptoms might be, you know, we're having difficulty sleeping or having anxiety, or it might be something physical that we're experiencing. And I almost think of it like, you know, we can actually have a conversation with our, our body in a way, like, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be in one particular moment, but starting to get curious about what's going on and saying, okay, what what message are you communicating to me body what are you what are you trying to say and maybe having that shift in mindset or attitude of i'm willing to listen to you like i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to be curious about this and the answer of what needs to happen might not arise today or tomorrow or next month or even in the next year but i think having that orientation to just showing up being curious being kind to whatever we're experiencing and being willing to listen to our bodies in a way that can be a great guide um, to whatever next step we need to take in our in our workplace or in our personal life matthew i thank you so much for sharing everything and i'm actually extremely excited and so happy that you joined the conscious consulting group that you joined our, our network of consultants and that we're going to like uh, be able to offer you on the conscious consulting platform and your offerings and create many more things together in the future that go in that direction and yeah looking forward to more and thank you matthew and see you soon Bye, Thank you, bye. Julia. Pleasure being <laughs> here. Thank you.